this morning's message, the light is illuminating our path. The light is illuminating our path. From the moment when we come into the world, we are blindness. You know, my wife was telling me about babies are born blind. I think that was her telling me that. Did she tell me that, Sister Jackson? Yeah. That the babies are not are not seeing. Oh, yeah. And the, one of the reasons for that is in the womb, there is the ambiotic fluid. And with that fluid, we've seen the matrix, the word matrix. Well, they're inside that fluid, and they're getting the substance from the mother or whatever. But when they come into the world, it's as though the light blinds them. Because why? They were dwelling in darkness all of that time. They were inside the womb, inside of darkness. We see here where in the 42nd chapter of Isaiah, when God's talking about his servant, the servant of God, that if we would see this from a spiritual perspective, we all have the analogy that we are in darkness and Christ was sent to us to illumine, to send the light into our eyes. But just like with the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, when that light comes into your eyes, it's such a brilliant light that it blinds you. Paul staggered and that light had blinded him and he went to straight street and he was in a house or whatever. That's why God had to send Ananias there to open his eyes, open his blinded eyes, you know, because we don't know if that's what caused Paul to have bad eyesight later in his life because a lot of people say that thorn in the flesh was bad eyesight. And well, in one of the letters that he wrote, he says, you see how large a letters I wrote unto you. And at one time when the chief priest caused him to be smitten for something that he said Paul turned around and says God shall smite you thy whited wall and they said well rail us against thine high priest against thy Lord's ruler and Paul said he knew not that it was the high priest who had said that so we don't know if his eyesight had been obstructed and sometimes we, we are in darkness in the beginning and we see that we're called children of light we're called children of light and we're given to be lights unto the world we're getting given to be lights unto others we darken that the, the old man the inner self we have to watch him because he'll cause darkness to come up on, on us he'll bring darkness into our lives do not let the obstacles and things in the world cause you to be drawn back in darkness because it's self that does that. The spirit has to rule over self, you know. So sometimes only the spirit can tame the tongue and cause the tongue to cease or bring the tongue into subjection because we have to be careful of the words that we speak or what we say. Here it says that the in the 42nd chapter, I'm just going to lift out a few passages from that 42nd chapter. I thought I wrote them right here, but I'm going to read them. It says, I have holding my peace, 
I've been stealing and refraining myself. Now I will cry like a travailing woman. I will destroy and devour at once. I will make waste mountains and hills and dry up all their herbs, and I will make the rivers islands, and I will dry up the pools. I will bring the blind by way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before thee, and crookeded things straight. These things I will do unto them, and not forsake them. They shall be turned back. They shall be greatly ashamed. That trust engraven image, you should say to the molten images, you are our gods. That 17th verse is talking about some of those that are within this group, but they're not of this group. In other words, they're not submitted to God's spirit. Their spirits of what they'll follow is graven image. They, they still dwell in darkness. They still dwell in darkness and the deeds of darkness and they have fully submitted themselves to God. But the 18th verse says, Hear ye deaf and look ye blind that you may see. Who is blind but my servant a deaf as my messenger that I sent. Who is blind is he that is perfect and as blind as the Lord's servant. Seeing many things, but thou observest not, opening the ears, but he heareth not. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. Uh, oh, Brother Jackson, I know he didn't. I just put some of this together this uh, but what he said in his testimony, uh, I, it hit me a few times this week or whatever. Sometimes the things we say, we're in darkness, and we regret some of the things we said, some of the things we do. And God's servants walk in darkness. Jesus Christ is the Spirit. When that Spirit comes in, it illuminates your path. And I think that's why with these few verses in 42, 16 through 20, that he's talking about the servants of God and not the servant of God. He's not talking about Jesus Christ and blindness or whatever because he's the one that giveth us light and we are earthen vessels and he illuminates us and he causes us and he brings us, he quickens us and makes us alive. He quickens us and makes us alive. Uh, I'm trying to hurry up and get to my first point here, spiritual blindness. But we've been in physical blindness so long, and as he's quickened us, we walk as others who walk who were in darkness. You remember when David was on the run from Saul, and he says that one of these days Saul is going to end up killing me, and he went to the land of the Philistines. Sometimes we make bad decisions. We, we're not seeing how God is bringing us because we're, as babies, as newborn babies, we're still making decisions in the flesh or whatever, but we hadn't learned to put ourselves under the leadership of the Spirit because those that are led by the Spirit of God, so there's still some 
darkness in there because even though David was a servant of God, he did kill Uriah. He did have a relationship with Bathsheba. And it says, none of us are perfect. Who is perfect as I was serving? So we are in blunt, we are in darkness, but we are to pull off the old man. We are to pull off the old man and, and be aware of him and bring him into subjection. Jesus Christ in my first, in that whole chapter 9, uh, with a start in it, looking at it as it relates to this blind servant of, of God. Because what happened was that he came to give them light. He caused the blind to see. Now, all of the blind don't see. that are he, Those that don't see or can't come to the light are the ones that are not his servant. So, Jesus was talking with the people as disciples, and this is when he gave the parable of the sore. And he was delivering the parable of the sore in the book of John, the ninth chapter. Then Jesus told him, he says, I've come into the world to give sight to those who are spiritually blind and to show those who think that they see that you're blind. You, you think that you're in the church. You think that you're following God, but you just like everybody else that are my servants, you're blind. Mm. Now, Peter was, I don't know, it wasn't volitional. Uh, it wasn't that he wanted to be, but he had been culturized so long that one day he was back in darkness and Paul had to rebuke him back to the light because he had separated from the Gentiles and he was with the Jews or whatever. And Paul had to tell him, Peter, don't do this. You know, this is not right what you're doing. So sometimes even servants of God do error. They do do the wrong thing. I tell my children and I tell anyone, uh, sometimes when we're wrong, we have to go apologize or we have to say we're wrong or that we didn't mean to offend. But as servants of God, we shouldn't have too thin a skin. We should be able to overlook some things people do to us. That's what happened with Peter that it was so hard on Peter that he wasn't like the rest of the apostles in the fact that his attitude and temperament, he was quick to speak. You remember, he was the one who cut the soldier's ear off. He was the one that told Christ, this shouldn't be so. Sometime our ambitious ways, who we are, what we are, that's what we have to put to death. We don't see ourselves. And before coming to the table, that's why the Bible says, let a man examine himself. Examine himself. I, I've been with my brother, I guess, ever since I was born, since he was born before me. Yes. And as he said, you know, and he, I, I see some change over him. I see some things, but as he said about what in his testimony, you can see servants of God. And as you get older, you start realizing, you know, I didn't know at all. You, you start going back and apologizing or say you was wrong of saying that, look, this was the old me, but a new me, I, I'm sorry, the new me realized what I've done or, or realized my ways. That's that's what happened to Job. Job thought he was up there. He thought he was somebody. He thought he was more than the rest of them. It's just that God had to fine tune Job. 
Because now you you may be above your friends, but you're not right here where you can call God onto the carpet and ask him to explain things to you. You see, because his word is what giving us light and the revelation of Jesus Christ gives us those lights. Now, he says that those that are blind, the Pharisees who were standing there asked, are you saying that we're blind? We go to church. We're the leading spiritual people here. Jesus says, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. But your guilt remains because you claim to know what you're doing. You think you know what you're doing, but what you're doing is transgressing God. The things you're seeing and doing is against God. These people, what you do to the least of these, you've done it unto me. We we have to watch who we insulted. We have to watch Davies laying at the gate. You remember Eliza, he laid at the gate. I, I don't know. They said Eliza was laying at the gate and the dogs was licking his sores or whatever. But Davies, he had it good and he mistreated or looked down upon him. And Jesus never looked down upon anybody. The woman that he says about not giving the children's bread unto the dogs. She, he said, well, you know, even the dogs, uh, the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the children's plate. He says, thou faith has made thee whole. He wasn't being offensive to her. The analogy that he given her put her in a position to use her faith. Sometimes it's good to be, remain silent when rail against. Peter learned that that sometime you have to learn to close it. He says in his in the Bible, in his verses, and that's why I ask everybody to read Peter. Peter's words are very strong. He says, when rail against, he rail not again. You know, when the way we get arguments, the way we get things started is giving somebody a piece of your mind. But the best thing to do is just not say anything. Now, the only way arguments persist, it takes what? What did your parents tell you? It takes two to argue. Yes. It takes two to tangle. Somebody has to learn to say okay and leave it alone. Then Jesus, let, let me read this out of the Amplify. He says, then Jesus said, I came unto this world for judgment. In other words, to separate those who believe in me from those who reject me to declare judgment on those who choose to be separated from God. See, because if your actions, if you can defend yourself, if you can do all this for yourself, you don't need God. I need God to to, to straighten out those who persecute me, who say all things that a matter of things against me. I need God to defend me. I can't defend myself. He only helped the helpless. You know, and so it's consistently wrong. I remember I told a woman in church, you show me that in the Bible. It says God helped those that helped themselves. Scripture says he helped those that are helpless, those that need him. And that's what he's saying about the Pharisees. They didn't need him. They didn't have no sin, so they sin remained. They couldn't take care of themselves. 
we, that's an independent feeling. That's why I said the nation has to fall because we can't be independent. We need God. When you realize whatever somebody do to you, they're doing that to Jesus Christ. He said, what you do to these, you do to, to the least of me. See, when Job's friend came there making all kinds of allegations against Job and saying these things against Job, Job kept his conversation directed to God. It's like in a court of law when you're talking, the judge don't want it to get out of hand. So if the lawyers start talking to one another, he said, you need to direct your comments to me. See, Jesus is the mediator. We direct all our comments to Jesus. That, that's how you get spiritual sight is you tell Jesus, if I do you something, if I offend you, the only way I can get light and God to illumine my path is I go back and get on my knees and I say, God, he offended me. He made this accusation. He did. Tell it to God. Tell Jesus these things. I can't do anything about it because a servant of the Lord mustn't strive. Jesus Christ didn't strive. Jesus Christ was a witness. He had the light and he was trying to show us how to be lights when he would leave. Let's continue to read that. He says, so that the sightless would see and those who see would become blind. The father of the Pharisees defended themselves and stood up just like with what's going on in this nation. And a lot of the Republicans that are fleeing that party are saying that's because y'all standing up for yourselves. You're defending yourselves. That's causing you to slide further because that's wickedness what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So some Pharisees who sees who were with him heard these things and said, are we blind? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind to spiritual things, you would have no sin and I would not blame you for your unbelief. But since you claim to have spiritual sight. In, in other words, if you would say that you didn't understand this. That's where we come to church because we're in darkness. We want God to give us comprehension. We tell God we don't understand. We can't see. And in the book of Luke 25, chapter 49, verse it says, Then he opened their understanding so that they could understand the scripture. We need to be able to understand how to get along with our fellow man. We need to be able to understand how to love our enemies. How is that possible for me to love my enemies? The only way to do that is with his spirit. By his spirit is the only way that you can pray for those that despitefully use you and mistreat you. You can't keep getting hostile and say this is the last straw. There are no last straws. It's infinite. Love is infinite. We have to love our brothers and sisters because if we don't, we will bring darkness upon ourselves. And I don't want a free fall. We don't want the strong to survive. That, that doesn't work in the world of spirituality. We're lambs among wolves. He says, I send you out as lambs among wolves. The world will devour you. The world will physically destroy you. That's why we have to be wise as serpents. We have to have the wisdom of Jesus Christ. We have to ask him to, to protect us when we're thrown in the lion's den. Because if he throw us in the lion's den, he can keep us in that lion's den if we're in Christ. If we're praying to God. Daniel prayed to God, but he came out of the lion's den because 
Jesus was covering him. You're under the blood. But if you come from under the blood as Samson, you're blind. He said that servant was blind, but he asked God, he says, I can't keep your rules and regulations, so let me die with the Philistines. It's going to be a lot of us die with the Philistines because that fight is in our nature. Samson went out fighting. He killed 3,000 Philistines in his death. He went out fighting, but I would rather... I would rather be able to continue to preach God's word and live God's word and learn to walk uprightly before the Lord and not suffer such a death. I would rather be an overcomer. I want to be here when the Lord comes. He says, those who trust and carve idols, verse 17, those who trust and carve idols would be turned back and utterly put to shame who set to cast images. You are our gods. He says, Hear you deaf. Look, you blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf like my messenger, who is blind like the one who is at peace with me? Are you at peace with God? Are you at peace with God? Have you did things that, as Brother Jackson was saying, sometime after you think about it, after this I didn't mean no harm. I don't know what I meant when I was at, like I said, sometimes some things come out and I didn't mean to offend her in the way if it was offended, but I meant for her to hear those words and be strengthened from those words and to repent. I think that's what God was saying because we don't know what's coming out of our mouths. Jeremiah said that he didn't know. See, Caiaphas didn't know when he says that one man must die for the sins of the world. God gives a speech. God is doing everything. God is leading and guiding. That's why we're trying to take heed to ourselves. And we go back and examine the words that are spoken. Because this same gospel that I'm preaching and teaching now, this will drive you to hell. This will damn you to hell. This is a curse upon them. That's what brings them into darkness because it causes them to be dull of hearing because it's Jesus, it's God that's doing the work. They can hear but not hear, see and not see because why? The complexity of their lives that they love darkness rather than light. And that's what's going on in this nation. People love who they are. This this is a violent party we face. The a lot of the and and the secular world can see it. They're saying, "Wow, the Republicans! Wow, a lot of these politicians of the churches are so violent." You know, they they be shootouts at the funeral. There was a funeral the other day, and the guy starts shooting. How can you get so mad in a church that you result in shooting people? There are a lot of churches where fights. I've been in these. Churches with fight break out at the communion table. Somebody's not on the spirit, not there, or the spirit's not working in you. We have to see these things. Spiritual blindness. There are different ways to be blinded, both physically and spiritually. That's why I say we have to be aware of the surroundings and the things that's coming up against us. Though Job lost all of his children. Though Job lost everything he had, calamity and situations come down upon him that he still have to be aware of what he's saying or what he's doing because 
Satan is trying to pull you down. He's, he has a desire to see if you're as weak. And sometimes when you're at your worst, I, my neighbor told me the other day, he says, uh, I was pretty upset. I said, I knew you were. Uh, he had went down to his brother's house and some things had occurred or whatever. And he was coming back and he was saying all kinds of things or whatever. I was sitting on the porch reading, trying to get this sermon together and doing things. I didn't say much to him. He, he was he was talking about what had happened with his brother down there and a dog or something down there was going on. And boy, he was huffing and puffing. And I didn't say much because a lot of times you allow a person to vent to get their frustration out. And I was allowing him to vent, but I knew he was very, very angry and disturbed. And if I'd have said something in defense his brother had said something, he'd have took it the wrong way. You know, like I said, I've been his neighbor for a long time or whatever. But you remember I say sometimes we don't want to be cooled down. We don't want to be pacified. And so I didn't say anything, but later yesterday afternoon, and we were talking back and forth, he was saying something. I said, yeah, well, that's why I knew you were upset, but that's why I didn't say anything to you at that time. Because sometimes we can say things, uh, sometimes things come out and be angry but sin not. We have to guard our mouths. We have to guard the things we say. I tell my children and tell people those things that those that are not willing to admit that they don't know something, their pride and conceit get in the way. It's called Laodiceanism. That's the thing that the Laodicean church was guilty of. Some of the Pharisees who were with him, they they were offended at what Jesus was saying. But what Jesus was saying was meant to bring them to the salvation of the gospel. It was the sower sowing the seed. It was about that some would understand, but some would go in the further darkness. It's for some of us to understand. But for some of us, it's to take that chastening, it's to take what, what is being said, and though we, we, we just take that and go back and pray to God and open up, I put it in the back of your notes about spiritual pride, conceit, and dullness of hearing and not understanding. Because some things we can't take personally, we can't take everything personally some things we we can take personally and that's what the gospel is it's preaching sometimes it doesn't apply to everyone my my mother used to have to that was one of my shortness and hopefully I'm overcoming I have overcome it but I still seeing that old man rise up I would be like well mother I didn't do it she said well then I'm not talking to you and shut up because I've always took it personal. I didn't do it. When you said this, she said, well, I wasn't talking. I didn't mean you then. See, that's just like Job. Job was just popping off and popping up. What did God do? Do you remember God explaining to Job why he was doing what he doing or what he was going through? Or did he come through with creator words of the gospel in other words of who he was and his strength and Job finally put his hand over his mouth and said I shouldn't have said anything see the power of God is like it closed he says that's why Jesus 
personalized it to Peter because Peter was the one who said something. Did nobody else say nothing when he said, I have to go away and die? It was Peter said, this ain't going to be so. I'll die for you. We're going to do it. He says, get behind me, Satan. We have to learn these things. It, in its own eyes, they had need of nothing, not knowing of their blindness spiritually, which also was a physical lacking within the city displayed throughout Laodicea. This spirit, I told you, be careful because this is the spirit that's in the nation, your community, your, the enemies within your own house, the enemies within your church, the enemies that's all around are trying to get you to blow a fuse. You remember I told you maybe that's what happened to this electrical line with all of the problems. It might have gotten wet or whatever, but we went back to the fuse box because it. a lot of times you get calamities and problems. Jesus said that's going to be trouble and calamities, earthquake and wars and rumors and pestilence, all these things. I get away from around some people because maybe they got monkeypox or something. I don't know, but it's going to be a lot of different things convulging on. He says, see that you be not moved. Don't let these calamities dishevel you and make you not a child of God. You understand what I'm saying? No matter what piles up on you, you still have to take it and be able to operate in a such way that people would want to say, what is going to cause him to break? See, because the devil's always trying to cause you to break. What can I put on him to cause him to get away from being a child of God? That's one of the ways of Balaam. You remember I told you about the way of Balaam, the error of Balaam, and the doctrine of Balaam. What Balaam tried to do, he told him, he said, if you cause the children of Israel to sin, if you cause them to commit fornication with the Moabites, then God's go not accept them. In other words, they're going to break God's law or whatever. They're going to do all these things, and I can't curse them. See, the enemy knows he can't curse you because who God had blessed, he had blessed. But you can pull yourself away by getting down in the dirt. You remember I told you my mother said, don't get out in the dirt with somebody. You can't get out in the ditch with him and fight with him. Don't fight. No, 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 no. No, you're not a servant of God. You will get muddy too. You will get muddy too. The only way you will get up is the Spirit lift you up. And as we see that, sometimes the enemy causes you that way. And David, though David's eyes caused him to sin, though David committed fornication and adultery, look at the consequences that God brought up on David as a result of that. But David still was a child of God. He says, I still put away your sin. No matter how you error, how matter how you say and do all these things, you still a God child of God. God's going to chasten you. God's going to scourge every child that he receives, but in his own way. We're walking in blindness if we think we can get this thing straight now. It, it's, it can't go the way we want. See, we're used to being in control. We're used to running everything. And we can't be in control. We're in blindness. We have to wait upon the Lord to show us our path. Sarah was trying to rule over Abraham and told him to go into his handmaid. But you can't have children. You can't do this the way you want to do it. 
God has to bring this about. So God had to wait some 30-some years of Abraham till he had faith that it wasn't nothing he could do. It's not physically possible for you to have children. I'm going to have to put you in a state to where you know this had to be God. See, that, that's why when I witness these people that tell people something, I leave them alone because the Spirit has to do it the work. We can't convert anybody. We shouldn't brag on Saturdays or Sundays or whatever day, how many people we got saved. People want that credit for themselves. They want that authority themselves. They want to instill fear in you. The Laodiceans thought they had it made. That's what this nation, watch that spirit because like I say, it attaches itself to you. This is the Laodicean. Jesus had warned that church, the church of Laodicea. That's where we are today. That's what in this nation, a Laodicean church. People that are in church, he says, because you say I'm rich and I have prospered and grown wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, and blind and naked, without hope and in great need. This was the church he was talking to. This was like, you know, the word of church, faith church that preaches prosperity. People think they have prosperity and they, they can look down on others and talk down to others and treat others any kind of way, say any kind of thing. But he says, you poor, wretched, miserable, and naked. And told the Laodiceans, due to the lack of God's convicting power, there are those who love the world and the things of the world. That's because, you remember I tell you, that spirit attaches itself to you. I think we can beat you down. I think I can out-talk you. I think I can do all these things to make you say, Uncle, it's only God's Spirit that can change us. The gospel will have no effect on you if it doesn't convict you of yourself. You can't convict anybody that you're better than them. You can't even convict anybody that you're stronger than them. All you can do, hurt them or kill them. But he told us not to fear those kind of people that huff and puff. Remember I told you this same guy used to huff and puff in everything. I've had many people that always, I'll do this. Well, do what you want to say, but I'm trusting in the Lord. You can do what you want to do to me. I'm like the Hebrew boys. They say, if you don't bow down to us, you don't bow down to me, I'm going to throw you in the fight. They say, well, okay. But I'm, you can do what you want to do to me, but I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to bend. You can throw me in the fire. But the God I serve is able. It says in Second Corinthians, but even if our gospel in some sense is hidden a veil or covered, it, it, it is hidden only to those who are perishing. In other words, the words, people sit in the church and you could preach to them year in and year out, but they still hadn't changed. That thing is down in there somewhere. You, you step on them the wrong way, they go bite you. This spirit... God is trying to put it in you because it has to be wound to thy nature, thou shalt not kill. It has to be wound into your nature, this new nature. You have to pull off the old man that thou shalt not covet. And this nation teaches covetousness. I'll be telling people that I know, stop watching all that stuff about shopping and eating. It makes you covetous. It's going to put in your mind the lust of the eyes and the lust of the foot. They're going to show you all those things that you can have and that you want. And it's going to tell you, get it right now. Get it quickly. It's going to tell you about how many athletes are making this money and that much money. It's going to tell you about 
all these foods, the food challenge and all these things. It's going to put all those desires and things in you. And God only gives you day by day your daily bread. But you want to store it up. You want to do as demand, building bigger bonds. That's why it says beware of covetousness. Beware of all the, these spirits attached themselves to you. And God's trying to preach these things loose from you. The spirit preaches them loose. That's how you start to see you laying awake aside all of these weights and sins that's besetting you. He said, the gospel adhered to those that are perishing and those among them of the of the the God of this world who is Satan has blinded the minds of the un- unbelieving to prevent them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of the image of God. In other words, <clears throat> Satan keeps you blinded. Satan keeps you strong. Satan keeps you to where hey, I got to learn how to defend myself. I got to learn to do all these things because anything less than that, people could think I'm less than that. That's what this nation is. It's a proud nation. It's pride. It's conceited. It, it's self-opinionated. The preaching of the gospel when heard with wrong intentions and motives can dull the senses. That's why I say it hurts people to go in the church and hear the word of God and hearing God's word preach, but it has no effect upon them. They still have wrong intentions and wrong motives. And that's why I say when a child of God says, search me, Lord. I didn't mean to say, I didn't mean to do this. If you've taken it the wrong way, it came out. And a lot of times I'm preaching or teaching. A lot of times I'm out, as Brother Jackson say, as I go, I, I, I say things, but I didn't mean to hurt you. I didn't mean to do these things. And Christ knew these things, but he knew how Peter was. And Peter was the kind that said, if you give me a number, then when my brother crossed that number, I'm going I'm to hurt him. I'm going to tell him these things. And so Peter came to him and said, Lord, how many times can my brother sin against me? And, you know, after the end, Peter will take over. He says, 70 times, not say not seven times, but 70 times 70. He gave him a number that couldn't be surpassed in a day's time, in other words. You have to be a forgiving person. You have to forgive these things that are done to you. You're the example. You're Christ. You're lights to the world. So if people see you are forgiving, they seen Christ was forgiving. Because if I'm violent enough to take you and nail you to a cross, nail you to a cross and spit upon you, that's very offensive. He says, Lord, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. They're blind. Forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Among those were some of the saved people. You know, I, I, don't you think Paul could preach this thing? Because he was the one who had persecuted the church. He was killing Christians. And that's why Ananias didn't even want to go to open his eyes and say, Lord, I didn't heard about this man. He's killing Christians. That's why he came here, was to kill us. And Paul says, I'm the least of all the saints. This is the apostle Paul saying, I'm the least of all these people. He said, because I persecuted the church. Just think, he was there holding the coats of the people that stoned Stephen to death. 
Paul was standing there cheering it on when he killing a brother in the church. You can't stand by and watch somebody attack your brother that had preached a sermon as Peter as Stephen preached that said Jesus stood up when Peter preached, when Stephen preached this. But it has no effect on those that Satan had blinded their minds, had blinded their understanding. Hebrews says, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. Concerning this, we have much to say and it's hard to explain since you become sluggish of spiritual hearing and disinclined to listen. And that's the state we're in. Church people go to church consistently, but there's no change in them. You'd be able to be careful of them. You'd better watch them. These are, that's what I say. I've given y'all all these things on national Christianity or whatever. These people are destroyed Christians. They, they think they're doing God a favor by killing those or anybody. They're ready. Be, beware. Be aware of this. The wisdom of God. Beware of other Christians in here. A lot of people that, that they, they hadn't evolved that says, there is no eternal doom awaiting those who trust Him to save them. But those who don't trust Him have already been tried and condemned for not believing in the only begotten Son of God. That sentence is based on the fact that the light from heaven came into the world, but they loved darkness more than light, for their deeds were evil. They hated the heavenly light because they wanted to sin in darkness. They stayed away from that light for fierce their sins would be exposed and they would be punished. But those doing right come gladly to the light to let everyone see that they are doing what God wants them to do. Because you have to do these things. You have to be a doer and not a hearer. But these people hear God's word and they get so blinded they can't see themselves. That, that's what you call conceited. It's been turned in. God turns them over. It says, hatred of one's brother. Hatred of one's brother. That caused spiritual dullness. God had quickened us and made us alive. 1 John 2, 8 through 12. You ain't been reading my notes on Brother Jackson. It says, anyone who says he is walking in, in the light of Christ, but dislikes his fellow man, is in darkness. Anyone who says he is walking in the light of Christ but dislikes his fellow man is still in darkness. But whoever loves his fellow man is walking in the light and he can see his way without stumbling around in darkness and in sin. For he who dislikes his brother is wandering in spiritual darkness and doesn't know where he's going. For the darkness has made him blind so that he cannot see his way. How can we prevent these things? How can we prevent spiritual blindness? How can our light be illumined? How can our pathway be brightened and we can see where we are going? Because he's a light to the blind. He's a light. He's a lamp to our path. He shows us. He said, this is the way. Walk therein. The servant of God came to teach the servants of God how to walk in the light as he's in the light. It's going to take some submission. That's the last point, submission. 
in this what Job came to realize that he was in a position of lack before God while thinking he wasn't. He was thinking that he was in a position to do these things and he wasn't. That's what I say you conceded. Your spirit is locked up in your mind. God has to open up your understanding. He has to show you the light. Job 43 through 5 says, Then Job replied to the Lord and said, Behold, I am of little importance and contemptible. What can I reply to you? I lay my hand on my mouth. I have spoken once, but I will not reply again. Indeed, I have answered, and I will add nothing further. Uh, the living says, it says, I am nothing. How could I ever find the answers? I lay my hand upon my mouth in silence. I've said too much already. It says, be careful when you go into the house of God. Be not of many words. Don't be rash and hasty in the house of God. Then Job, 42nd chapter, first through the 6th verse says, Then Job answered and said, I know that you can do all things and that no thought or purpose of yours can be restrained. That God's doing this. He says, what did 40, in the 42nd chapter say? He says, I'm going to bring you in a way that you know not. I'm going to show you new things and new paths. See, God's bringing us. David didn't know the way to the throne was going to be through the land of the Philistines. He would never guess that. They, Joseph would have never guessed that his brothers hating him, throwing him into the pit and selling him to the Midianites and him going to Egypt and being imprisoned by Potiphar for doing what God had told him to do, to be in prison for 13 years was going to lead him to sit on the throne second in Egypt in charge that the pathway was going to lead through all of these obstacles and sufferings. The pathway is through suffering and affliction. God causes us, Jesus Christ, learn through the things he suffered. When you're going through affliction and suffering, stop murmuring and complaining. God destroyed the children of Israel from murmuring and complaining. That person that's being wicked and evil to you, pray for them because Lord helped them but because they know not what they're doing. They're tormenting a child of God. And your word says what you do to the least of these, you've done it to me. But if you murmur and you complain and you curse them out and you get even with them, well, they receive their punishment. You didn't chasten them. You didn't leave it to God. And that's why it's always happening because you have to learn to humble yourself under the hand of God. He's using wicked people. He uses wicked people. He uses the, the remember I tell you, the sword of God, the arm of God is wicked and evil men. That's what he chose. To, he, he, uh, his immutable counsel, that counsel determined that he would let sinful, vile men murder his son upon the cross to achieve his purpose of giving us everlasting life, the righteousness, because they did it to an innocent man, and he never said a mumbling word. So we have to learn not to murder. No matter what's going on, no matter how all hell is breaking loose around us, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. You're not going to cause me to lose my salvation. He says, You said to me, Who is this that darkens or obscures counsel by words without knowledge? Are you speaking the thing that you don't know what you're saying? 
Be careful what you're saying. Be careful what you're doing. He says, therefore, now I see. I have rashly uttered that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Hear, please, and I will instruct you. I will ask you and you instruct me. Answer, and I've heard of you only by the hearing of my ears, but now my spiritual eyes see you. Therefore I repent. I retract my words and hate myself, and I repent in dust and ashes. I'm sorry for what I've said. I'm sorry for doing it. I didn't understand. You were accomplishing a purpose, and I should have just kept my head down and submitted and humbled myself unto you because nothing happens in this world that God's not a part of. If it's evil, he had ordained that evil. You can't do nothing to me that God hadn't allowed you. Did he tell Pilate that? He told him, he says, you couldn't do nothing to me unless my heavenly Father had, had given that unto you. He allowed these things. God allowed these things because he had prepared Jesus Christ. That's what he was trying. Job didn't understand. After You remember I told you he didn't elaborate on what was going on? But he told him about creating the earth and all of the... All what God said when he came and talked to Job, then Job said, now I understand. All he did was come preach to Job. You know, preaching opens up your sight. The words that are spoken, it give it light unto you. For we do not preach. Listen at this. God's gospel is which he sends through Jesus Christ in turn who reveals it unto us as lights we preach it to all mankind. I've been trying to preach this gospel and I'll die preaching this gospel. My mama thought I could be a doctor. My wife laughed a lot of times and say, uh, you know, your mama wants you to be a doctor. You couldn't have did this and did that. But, you know, we see through a glass darkly. As my son-in-law was graduating the other day, they gave him a doctorate degree in mass communication or journalism or whatever. You've heard of a doctor of divinity? Preachers get a degree, a doctor of divinity. A doctor, Luke was a doctor, a doctor heals sick souls. Did you realize that Jesus was the greatest doctor in the world? See, my mother wasn't far off. God had told her what the son was going to be. It's just that we got it. We were looking what we thought a doctor was. But see, a doctor can heal. Preaching heals. By his stripes we will heal. If I preach God's word, there's going to be a lot that receives sight. There's going to be a lot. The lame's going to walk. The blind's going to see. There's going to be a lot happening. If I stick with this word of God, that doctor she saw, when she raised from the dead, she'll see that her son was a doctor, that God had chosen him from the womb, that she had put him in the right thing, that she had installed him because, like I said, my mother, sometimes I was so upset, so mad, but she was teaching me to walk the narrow path. Just because somebody say something to you, you reach for the stars of the moon. For one day, you'll be on top of this. If you could just learn to keep your mouth closed. If you just look, and you know, I learned that, and now I sit, like I said, I don't say much, but then when I get here, I talk, 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 because God had opened my mouth at different times. I've learned to give me understanding of these things. Paul says this, because you remember saying he hadn't failed to declare the whole gospel and that God had chosen him. It says, therefore, since we have this ministry, just if we've received mercy from God, granting us salvation and opportunities and blessings, 
We do not get discouraged or not lose our motivation, but we have renounced those disgraceful things hidden because of shame. Not walking in the trickery of adulterating words of God, but by stating the truth openly, we commend ourselves. By preaching the truth, the word of God, we say we're not trying to trick anyone. We're not trying to make any money. We're not trying to make the word say something is not said. All he told us, and just like he charged Timothy, as I charge y'all, do the work of evangelists. Preach the word. Teach the word. Make disciples. But don't be a hypocrite. Do what you say. It's going to cause you to close your mouth sometimes. It's going to cause you to be a disciple of Jesus Christ through much suffering. He says through much suffering you're going to enter in. It's through much affliction. It's going to be getting caught wrong. And, and like I said, all of my family have kind of, a lot of them have cast me out. But those that understand, no, I'm preaching the word. Our family was in darkness. And then when I see the light, he says, when thou have come around, strengthen thy brethren. And so I'm going to continue to say these things. I'm going to continue to ask you to pray for my nieces and nephews. Pray for my sons and daughters. Pray for me. Because when we choose this path, when we walk in the light as he's in the light, the world's not going to love us. The world's going to reject us. The friends going to be those of your own enemy. I mean, of your own household. The friends could be those right there among you that sit with you. Those enemies and friends. So we have to see that Christ is going to open up our eyes to, to, to who's who. He's going to illumine our paths. He's that illumination. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as our Lord and merely we as his bondservants. We just servants of God. This takes it all the way back to creation. It says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness. Is that what he said in Genesis? He says, Let light shine out of darkness is the one who has also shown in our hearts to give us light of the knowledge of the glory of God. So we were in darkness, and that light could shine out of us, just like it shined in the world and it brought it out of darkness at creation. He's making a new creation in us. He's doing a new thing. Lights will come out of us. We're going to be the lights of the world. Let that light so shine that men would see that light. That men would want to replicate that light. But the motivation is through God saying, Man, if I could be just like him. If I could follow him. That's why you want people to follow you as you follow Christ. But don't be a flawed image. That's why he told David... Well, you know, David had to be put on the shelf, but he was still a servant of God. God had put away his sin. But notice David didn't do much else for God after then. It was Elijah that after he told God and he ran away from Jezebel and he said things, it was God put Elisha in his place. Don't let God have to put someone else to finish this race. You may go home. You may go home to the Lord. And, and there's a lot of servants that go home to the Lord early. But I want to stay in the game. Samson went home early. But I want to stay in and finish the game. I want to be one of those when Jesus Christ comes back that's cheering, that's telling him, yes, Lord God. Yes, Lord God. Because I want to continue to feed your sheep. He says, Peter, 
if you love me, feed my sheep. And why did they don't hear the ones in the midst of the church? Why did they can't hear? He says, because you're not of my sheep. That was during the parable of the sower that he was saying. Why do you speak to them in parables? His disciple asked, why do you speak in a way that is hard for them to understand? Then he explained to them that only they were permitted to understand about the kingdom of heaven and others were not. <clears throat> for he told them who will be more, for to who to him who has will be more given, he told them, and he will have great and plenty. But from him who has not, even the little he has will be taken away. That little part of the word that you heard that you went off on tangent, the way you acting and everything will cause you to lose that what you have. The gospel is like this thing about this dog that went across the river. He was so self-centered. He had a bone in his mouth. He was so self-centered and he was going across that river and when he looked down in the water and saw a reflection of another dog that had a bone in his mouth, he wanted that bone and he tried to bark at that dog and he dropped the bone he had in the water if he had kept his mouth closed. Sometimes we have to hold that which God gives us and use that. God will give us more. He'll multiply that more. We can't be self-centered. We can't be taken out of the game. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah saying, hearing they will hear. They lack hearing, they will not understand. Seeing, they will not see. Because God had blinded, allowed Satan to blind their minds. That's in Matthew the 13th chapter, first through the 17th verse. He had closed the eyes. They lacked comprehension. And that's why God can't give some of us riches. That's why God can't give some of us certain things because we would be beside ourselves. We would be lost. A lot of times, we don't understand why God doesn't answer our prayer. If he doesn't answer our prayer, it's for our betterment. Whatever's going on, that's why from day to day, I'm always pleased with what God had did. Because I know each day he's doing it for my betterment. He's bringing me to a better place. I just ask him to help me to do what is pleasing unto you to understand. Because I can't see. I don't know what to do. I, have, I would have never thought that I would be right here preaching and teaching in this place because the way it happened, the way it was going, it seemed as though I was lost to this building. Remember I told you I left once before. But we've been here year after year. I don't know how we were going to make it. I don't know how we're keeping this going. But God is making the way. Each day I see better. Each day I sit up on side the bed and I just don't know how I'm going to get through. Sometimes I'm in so much pain, I say, well, honey, bring me another pain pill or something like that. But I'm depending upon the Lord. I, I don't know how. And a lot of times people will tell you how they're going to do this and have plans. And James says, don't be so arrogant. says, if the Lord will such and such happen. So if the Lord will, but I know he opened up blind eyes. But I can't tell you all the prophecy, how this lines up, how that lines up. I can't tell my children this and that. And by them kind of being tied up with the world, 
the reason they don't follow their parents or follow other things is because you don't have all these things and that's not what you're looking for. They want to be with people that want the same thing as they are. But we can't go to them. They have to come to us. We have to be trees planted. We have to keep our principles, which are God's principles. We have to be lights. We, we can't bow to the world. We have to stay planted and rooted and grounded in faith. We have to do these things. Heavenly Father, as we come before you, help us to walk.